It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every Friday throughout the season, I'm going to be doing the weekly Friday mailbag. So go ahead and get those questions into me now by either adding me or hitting me up through my DMs on Twitter. So go ahead and do that, at Julian Council. On today's show... It is finally game week. We made it week one of the 2021 NFL season gets underway on Thursday as the Cowboys go on the road to face the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But we're not concerned about that. What we care about is the week one one o'clock matchup on Sunday at Bank of America Stadium on 800 South Main Street where your Carolina Panthers are going to face off against the New York Jets. Sam Darnold going up against his former team Frankie Louvu revenge game all also, so we're going to get into all of that throughout the week. But today, I got a chance to sit down with Joe Person of The Athletic. Does a fantastic job covering the Carolina Panthers. Talk to him about the roster cutdowns, any surprises that he had. Also, talk to him about overall the offseason that's been going on with the Carolina Panthers and in his thoughts heading into week one against the Jets. So you can hear that conversation coming up right now here on Locked on Panthers. All right, as promised, Joe Person of The Athletic covers the Carolina Panthers. Y'all already know that. I talk about him all the time. Does a fantastic job covering the team. Follow him on Twitter, at Joseph Person. And also make sure to subscribe to The Athletic. If you're not doing that, I don't know what's wrong with you, but there's a lot. And that's one of the issues, not being subscribed to The Athletic. So make sure to go ahead and do that. Joe, how you doing, man? I like that intro, man. There is something wrong with you if you are not a subscriber to The Athletic, which, by the way, Julian, half off uh, through like the first week, uh, I think it's through September 14th, to kick off this great college and NFL football season. Over the years, Charlotte has been, at least before, Charlotte is considered like a college sports town, but it's now evolved into a pro sports town, which is still cool to be able to get these big-time college football games, but everyone now – it's all about the Hornets and all about the team that we're talking about today, the Carolina Panthers. And on Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern time, they had to get down to their initial 53-man roster. What were your main takeaways? Any surprises that you got from who the 53 guys they put on their initial roster was? Not really. I mean, it's pretty clear, Matt Rule, that we already knew this. But, it, you know, maybe we weren't sure with Scott Fitter coming in. But Matt Rule's got a heavy hand in this roster. Like, uh, 17 of the 18 picks that have been made since Matt Rule got here are still on the team. And the 18th guy, um, Kenny Robinson, was brought back in uh, in a practice squad role. 
Now, now they kind of had to get a little creative with injuries, uh, if you will, to, to stash Thomas Fletcher. Otherwise, I think he would have been cut, maybe should have been, because I thought he was clearly the runner-up in that long snapper battle to J.J. Jansen. But the point being, and, and then even, you know, the day after they set that 53, to see them cut David Moore, who was a Seahawks guy, which is to say a Fitterer guy, uh, you know, in favor of some of the young wideouts like a Shy Smith or a Brandon Zielstra, you know, I think that shows you Matt Rule's influence over the, the roster building and the roster uh, decisions going on uh, over at Mint Street. Yeah, that was actually surprising to me. I know Terrace Marshall clearly proved himself to be the number three wide receiver, but you would have thought, considering what David Moore did last year in Seattle, where I think he had a career year, I know he didn't really provide as much as you would have expected throughout the preseason in terms of the return game, but not really anyone's done that the last couple of years at punter Turner here in Carolina anyway. I just was surprised that they would let him go, and now they only have five receivers, and in one of them, Shai Smith, isn't currently healthy. Like, what do you expect for them to do here in the next week leading up to week one against the Jets? Yeah, that's the interesting that is the punt returner deal. Like, Trenton Cannon, I think, will be the kick returner. And I think he's a pretty good kick returner. Um, but punt return, yeah, I mean, the, the names Matt Rule mentioned the, the day that they cut David Moore were, were a little uh, uninspiring, I would say. I, and I like Brandon Zielstra as like a, a kickoff and punt coverage guy. But he mentioned him as a punt returner. He mentioned C.J. Saunders who's on the practice squad. Uh, I mean, I, I know they kept praising him during the, uh, during the preseason and, and during camp, but I never saw Saunders. Re- and I think he might be okay eventually, but he looked to me like a guy who needed a year on the practice squad. And then the third guy he mentioned was DJ Moore. And he's, he rule did say, look, that would be situationally. But, you know, you got to be careful. Like, that is – that, as you know, man, that is uh, – that's combat pay when you are returning kicks in the NFL. I don't think I'm putting DJ Moore back there unless the game's on the line with, like, 12 seconds left and you need a, a home run. So, who's it going to be? I don't – ask Rule, is it someone not on the roster? And he certainly left that open as a possibility. It's hard to believe that they're going to elevate a practice squad guy – just to be their punt returner. And he's like, it's not even punt returner. He's going to be their designated fair catcher because that's what he did on Friday night in that final preseason game against Pittsburgh where apparently he impressed the coaching staff with his ability to at least field the punt. I don't know. That's interesting to me that, that would be, he would be an option for the Panthers. I've said for a while now, and we always have the conversations about the workload for Christian McCaffrey. The best punt returner on the team is Christian McCaffrey. But, of course, you can't do that for whatever reason. I've never understood it. I don't understand why you wouldn't try to get the ball into one of the best playmakers' hands in the National Football League as much as possible. But I see the risk and what happened with Steve Smith. That's probably what people always bring up. And you don't put your marquee guys back there. Instead, you put the dudes who are barely on the roster, which I don't understand. But that's just how things work <laughs> out in the National Football League. Uh, were you surprised at, at all that they kept five tight ends? Like, I know Giovanni Ricci is now – designated as a fullback, but he can do both. I thought maybe Colin Thompson would be a roster casualty because of the versatility of Richie. I did not have Thompson on my roster. I'm with you. I thought that seemed um, excessive, uh, especially what we just talked about at wide receiver. I mean, they had to know David Moore was not going to be on this team and uh, to still keep Colin Thompson. I like, I like Richie. Um, You know, he, 
every day we were standing out there at Spartanburg, like there were two guys making it besides Terrace Marshall. <laughs> the, the other two guys that seemed to be just the ball was always going to them. It was 87 at the time, Ricci, who's now 40. And it was Dan Arnold. And it was like, man, <laughs> Joe Brady does like tight ends if he has a couple that he likes and trusts. So um, I have no problem with that move. And, you know, I, I watched Ricci a little bit during the Steelers game. I was kind of isoing on him. And I thought he handled himself pretty well as a blocker. But, yeah, I'm with you. It just seems like uh, they've gone from, like, nothing to too many in, in the tight end room. And, uh, and, and who knows? I, you know, I, I think there's still some – there's still a little flu, uh, fluidness. Fluidity? Yes. Whatever that noun is, Julian, there's still, there's still a fluid, fluid aspect to this roster. So maybe, maybe by, you know, Sunday, September 12th, there will not be five tight ends on the roster. Joe Person using those ten dollar words, fluidity. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I screwed it up, man. I think you got that one right, though. Um, yeah, we'll see. Because like, when you look at AJ Boye, he doesn't count against fifty three right now, as he's suspended by the commissioner for the first two games of the season. So someone's going to have to get cut. And if you look at one of the rooms, you would think maybe the tight end room might be where they make a cut there uh, whenever he gets when he gets activated after week two ahead of the Thursday night game against the Texans. Also, with that, is he healthy? Because I know Boye was injured early in camp, and I haven't heard anything about him other than the fact that he's not going to play the first two games. Yeah, it's been a little weird. Like, that, he hadn't even really been around much. I think that might just be the whole – now he can't be around, right? But, but the last couple of weeks of preseason when it was fine for him to be around the team – he wasn't. So I think probably, I, I'll be honest, that nobody, including myself, really has asked about him recently. But I, I, my, my, my suspicions were they were just like, look, go spend this two hours of practice in the training room getting treatment so that when you're healthy week three, which, by the way, is a short week at Houston. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure your, your what is it, I think it's a hip or some sort of soft tissue deal is good to go. Um, so, but, yeah, it, he's worth asking about uh, once, once we get back to work after the uh, Labor Day holiday. Yeah, please do that for me, Joe. I'm really uh, interested in what's going on with A.J. Boye, <laughs> even though we can't see him for a couple weeks. Uh, anyway, a quick pause and more with Joe Person on the other side. Football season is back. Let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family, or office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools, 33, and more. Run Your Pool hosts formats for NFL and college football with one-week games, full season, playoffs, or the Super Bowl, Unlike other fantasy platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own. You can even brand your pool for your local business, bar, or restaurant. Reconnect with friends and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this season. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use our promo code locked on at checkout anywhere, everywhere in the world. Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. The NFL season starts September 9th. Start today at runyourpool.com slash 
locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which means if you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th, season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 only for new customers when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. A couple more questions on the roster, then we'll look ahead to week one and kind of what you think about the season overall and the new quarterback here in town, Sam Darnold, and staying at quarterback. Will Greer, no longer in the roster. He's now claimed by the Dallas Cowboys. Matt Rule wasn't really all that committal on whether he didn't want to speak in hypotheticals of whether Will Greer would have been picked up or not. But kind of seems like his time in Carolina was done regardless, right? Felt like that. Yeah, I mean, of course, that was, you know, kind of one of the last remnants of the Marty Herney era, or at least the, the I mean, there are other guys, but that, that 2019 draft class that we all tweeted about and wrote about a lot last week. Um, with with Christian Miller and Will Greer getting cut, you know, we're the only two guys still standing from a seven-player class, which was only two years ago. Yeah. Burn, Brian Burns, which, you know, put a feather in your cap for first-round pick. Marty, uh, terrific pick, uh, terrific player. And I think Dennis Daly, honestly, by the probably sooner rather than later, also from that draft class, I think he's going to be a starter maybe over Pat Elfline, but but we'll see. I, I just Matt Rule talks about having his five best offensive linemen and I think Dennis Daly is going to be in that group. But yeah, I, you know, I'm happy Will Greer's getting another chance. He I, I understand he did not play well the first two years. There's no way to sugarcoat that. Um he was kind of thrown to the wolves, not kind of, was thrown to the wolves by Perry Fuel and and Herney at the end of that abysmal 2019 season when he was not anywhere close to being ready to play NFL football. He looked more ready this summer. You know, that, that, I guess it was the Baltimore game here in Charlotte. I mean, he slung it around pretty well, had the touchdown run the one week. I I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know. I I mean, he looks like a guy who's starting to figure out that position in terms of the NFL and uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I, you know, I've gotten to know him a little bit. I hope, hope it works out for him. Yeah, I thought at least, you know, maybe he'd been worth trying to keep around in terms of, you know, on the practice squad. Or he might have been tradable. He was the 100th pick, third rounder, had a ton of talent coming out of high school here. Davidson Day in Charlotte looked great when he was at Florida briefly and then at West Virginia. I thought maybe they might be able to get something for him after they were able to get something for, for Greg Little and then Denzel Perryman, who – did absolutely nothing here in, what, the 100 days he was a Carolina Panther. I think you had the tweet of how long he was here. It's like 162 days, something <laughs> like that. The shortest tenure in a Carolina Panthers history. Um, one more for you, though. 
the running backs, like McCaffrey, the workload is going to be what it is. You got Chuba Hubbard behind him. And then, like, Trenton Cannons could be the kickoff returner. But there's no third back currently. Is Rodney Smith going to be that third back if need be? Or are they just kind of going to roll with those three guys, or really those two guys and Chuba and Christian? You know, it's funny. Like, that became a storyline this week. And when you think about it, there weren't, like you said, there weren't a ton of surprises on this team. I mean, first of all, there weren't many veterans to get cut, like, right? Like, yeah. as if anything was David Moore a little bit, although I didn't think he really did much during camp. And then Will Greer, because he's a local kid and a big name and a third round pick. But they're just, I mean, this is a very young team. So, like, all the cuts are like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. And so. I, you know, I made the the third running back a storyline, and uh, like a lot of people, and it was kind of interesting. But the bottom line is, I mean, if you're getting down to your third running back, it it ain't gonna be real pretty anyway. So, what they did, and you saw this, I mean, they brought Spencer Brown and uh, Rodney Smith back on the practice squad. So I think those are the the, the three and three A running backs that if something happens to Chuba then they call those guys up the next week and make one or both of them active and on you go. But if, if this team, if we're talking about anybody other than Christian McCaffrey at running back, then we're, we're having bad flashbacks to 2020 and it could be a long year for Sam Darnold and your Carolina Panthers. Oh yeah. I mean, that, if he goes down, they're looking at five and 12 or six and 11 or I mean, 17 games is just ridiculous. Now the record you, you've already got the, the 17 game math figured out. I like it. Man. I've had, I've had to do it in my brain and try and normalize it. It's not normal. It's weird, but it's the reality <laughs> of the NFL here in the 2021 season. Okay. So we have the kicker controversy, which I dubbed the kick traversy. Joey Sly, bless his heart was just awful. This preseason had no confidence I hope that he can go somewhere else and be a serviceable kicker. I don't think he's ever going to be a high-level kicker. He wasn't back at Virginia Tech, so I don't know how they expected him to be better here in the NFL and why he was chosen over Graham Gano. That never made any sense to me. But he's now gone into Ryan Santoso, who you got an opportunity to speak with and put out an article on Thursday with the Q&A with him. Is Santoso really going to be the guy – like week one against the Jets, or are they going to try and find someone else? Because they they haven't really been all that committal. They've said that we're going to continue to do it, especially the Carolina Panthers, maybe bringing competition. I thought maybe Jake Verity, who kicked at ECU and was with the Baltimore Ravens and looked really good a couple weeks ago in the preseason game here in Charlotte, that he might be an option, but he signed with the Ravens practice squad. Is it Santoso's job, or are they actually going to try and bring maybe another kind of guy in for at least a tryout sort of competition? I think it's his job now for how long we shall see. But, you know, if he he's kind of to me, it feels like he's guaranteed the Jets game because they don't have to give up that pick uh, unless he plays if he's on the roster that second week. And so it feels like to me that the Pittsburgh game was his tryout. And I think that tryout extends through the Jets game in week one when the kicks matter. And Matt Rule even has sort of said that in more words or less, that, you know, because of the timing of the, the conditions of the trade, that they have, you know, a few weeks here with him. And, and they're looking at him at practice, too. Look, they like him. I mean, you, you mentioned it. There were other kickers they could have gone and gotten. They could have waited and gotten uh, the, the Verity kid uh, through waivers. Nobody 
nobody made a waiver claim on him, I don't think. And so, um, yeah, so something about Santosa they liked. He looks like he's got a, a, a fairly – I don't think his leg's as strong as Joey Sly's, but what I do like about him is he really just seems pretty damn confident and that, you know, nothing really faces him. I mean, it, it, it's all been good and happy and fun here so far, so no adversity. But, I, you know, it'll be – the time I've spent around him, which hadn't been much, but it's just like he did not seem like a guy who the moment was going to be too big for him. He seemed like, it's like you know, let's go. I'm ready. I'm going to bang this 52-yarder in off of the right upright, which is interesting. Like if that had caromed off and not been good and Joey Sly had made his 49-yarder, are we having a different conversation? I don't think so. I think they were ready to move on. But yeah. Was it? It was interesting because Santos was fifty-two yarder. I mean, like it wasn't like down straight through the pipes. Oh yeah, I mean he pushed it right and it, he clanked it in. So I'm not overly excited. Like, hey, I give him credit for getting off the plane, not knowing any of his teammates, and making all five of his kicks on Friday night. How could you not? I'm just not gonna sit here and be like, oh, problem solved. You made a fifty-two yarder. It's like, yeah, but like barely. So good for him. <laughs> Not going to take anything away from him. Credit when credit's due. Another quick pause, then more with Joe Person on the other side. Does this sound familiar? you got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part... There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. I tell you all the time that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Did you know? Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor. Some of those flavors include coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There is something for everyone. They're soft and easy to chew and covered in 100% chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. That's 18 Built Bars in one box. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Most flavors of Built Bar have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. Order today and you could have a Built Bar. So go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Now, you talk about confidence, and confidence is obviously key when it comes to the kicker position. It's magnified. You can be super lonely, as we saw Joey Sly lost his confidence. Someone who I also think confidence is extremely key for is the new quarterback here in town, Sam Darnold, who was, to be, I guess, nice about it, not very good in New York for his first three seasons. We've been over ad nauseum all the reasons why he could be better here in Carolina and probably will be better here in Carolina. What have you personally seen from Sam Darnold that would offer positives heading into the 2021 season and week one against his former team, the New York Jets. He feels like he is going to be better. Uh, 
I really do believe that. I mean, he, he is sort of like meat and potatoes. Like that's, you, you watch those practices in Spartanburg and even in Indianapolis. And it was like, you kind of kept waiting for like the big splash play. And there weren't a lot of them, but there also weren't just like head scratching, just like, oh, God, how did you make that throw? There wasn't that either. And, and I think the Panthers, I think it was Robbie Anderson after the Steelers game, he said, I asked him about Darnold and what he's, because obviously that was Darnold's first real significant action. He said, you know, he looked comfortable, looked pretty good. And that was kind of a, I thought, a pretty appropriate descriptor. <laughs> pretty good, you know, not outstanding, not awful. And they might be able to live with that, I, you know, at least for this year and see where it gets them. I mean, if they're at eight and nine with a pretty good Sam Darnold, then are we looking at Deshaun Watson in 2022 or somebody else? Uh, certainly a real possibility. Or is a pretty good Sam Darnold with a healthy Christian McCaffrey and a takeaway kind of opportunistic defense, does that get them in the playoffs? I mean, that, you know, that, then it's a different conversation. I don't think Sam Darnold is going – he does not look to me like he is going to magically become one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. But I do think he can be a lot better than he was in New York. And what's the ceiling? It, it, a lot of it depends on the help around him, but I, I know it's kind of a diplomatic answer. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to be better. How much better? Eh, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, the folks who listen know that I'm not a believer at all. Like, I think he will be better because, like, obviously, when you have McCaffrey and the receivers that he has, like, you're going to be a better player. Just, like, how? what is your ceiling? And I just don't believe that he's going to be ever a top-five quarterback like you talked about. And by, by this point, you had already kind of known or at least seen flashes of what he could potentially be. Like, I think if you put Mahomes in that situation in New York, he's not as bad as Darnold. You put Josh Allen in that situation, he's not bad as Darnold. Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, we can go through all the top quarterbacks. Like, they're not as bad. So I just have a hard time believing he's ever going to get to their level. Now, he could potentially take this team to the playoffs. We'll see. I, the, with the Steelers game, though, it was – and I'm interested in your opinion because, like, yes, overall – he was solid. You look at the numbers on paper, looked really good. The last drive at the end of two-minute drill, the fourth down throw to DJ, fantastic. Over the middle, Terrace Marshall. And then the, the over-the-shoulder, the, uh, back-shoulder throw to Robbie Anderson for the touchdown. Three straight perfect throws by Sam Darnold. That shows the arm talent that he has. That's the good, but the bad, like, he should have been picked off. If that's a Steelers one, Minkus Fitzpatrick picks that ball off. And then when he gets away with the incompletion, when it looked like it should have at least been like intentional grounding or possibly a fumble and taking him out of field goal range, those are two decisions where if those go the other way, I don't know how overwhelmingly positive the reviews would have been from Sam Garner. That's kind of where like I pause a little bit and think of like, yeah, he looked good, but like he also got extremely lucky in two situations that could have completely burned his team. Yeah, I can't argue with you. I mean, you're, you're right. He, he airmailed that one ball to, to Anderson that, that could have or should have been intercepted. Uh, and, yeah, I didn't have rule – I don't know. I, I should have watched the tape a little more. Certainly the, the strip sack or the near strip sack would have been disastrous. Um, but 
he, he back to your arm talent. One, we were all like, oh, well, it was against the second team defense. And it was, and, and pass rush would have been a lot saltier. But I'm glad you brought up the throw to DJ, the fourth down throw, because earlier in that same drive, he had on, on pretty much the same route to, to Moore on a third down play. Both of those, those were the two, maybe his two most, to me, his most impressive throws. Those were balls coming out of his hands. DJ's in his break, turning his head around, and the ball is right there on his hand, like perfectly thrown to move the sticks. And I don't care if, you know, Minka or whomever is is covering you. That ball was thrown in a tight space, and that's a completion move the sticks against the first team defense too. So you're right. I mean, I, look, we could pick apart this – the, the, the preseason, I mean, we only had the one game really to work with. Yeah. <laughs> and then the two plays against the Ravens. But it, it's going to be fascinating. It is the storyline. We can talk about McCaffrey coming back off injury. We can talk about Brian Burns, Joe Brady. Sam Darnold is the stir that – the straw that is going to stir this drink or not. And, uh, and, and we really don't know, really – I think we I think we have pretty good educated hunches and opinions, but I think we're gonna you know obviously find out a whole hell of a lot more here in the next few weeks. Yeah, and that's the thing about it. Like I've I think the defense is gonna be fantastic, but really, and I think they have great weapons. The offensive line is a major concern. I don't think they're gonna be very good. Maybe if you bring in Dennis Daly and and put out Pat Elfline, who has historically been bad, and I don't understand right. why that was a priority free agent signing him and Cam Irving, who at least at this point in time, Cam Irving hasn't given you any reason not to believe that he can be better here in Carolina through his play throughout mandatory throughout OTAs and then, you know, preseason and training camp and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, everything, it all falls on Darnold in week one. It's Sam Darnold versus his old team. Does he strike you as a kind of guy that's going to make that much out of that game or is he just kind of more head down focused on trying to just help the team win more so than it being like a Sam Darnold revenge game versus his former team and his replacement yeah I don't think it's going to be the Steve Smith you know blood guts and tears or whatever that Ravens game where yeah. oh by the way <laughs> no Darnold really is like he is like Southern Cal just chill like not even and I'm kind of working on a story for this for early next week, but like not even like too cool for school, but just like you know he doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low, you know he and, and he's really not like some arrogant pompous ass. I mean he he for an NFL quarterback he carries himself you know pretty humbly and maybe. I get the sense he's always been like that. I think the New York experience probably humbled him even further. But um, so no, I don't. I don't think we're going to see a lot of locker room talk uh, or you know, braggadocious stuff. I mean, frankly, he's a little bit saying this to one of my kids today. You know, he's like in the press conference setting. He's he's a little boring. And he gives you absolutely nothing, Joe. Like it's I've stopped <laughs> watching his press conferences because he's not going to say anything at all. <laughs> It's but such did, a waste of time. I did get them. I did have a one-on-one. They, they were nice enough for, for some of the long time or all the, the, the daily beat folks, beat writers. We all got a little one-on-one with them this summer. For, that's the one I'm using for this article. And he was a little more, he had showed a little more personality in that. But I think he's a good dude. Like McCaffrey, I think the people like him. 
it's but but in terms of fans or whatever, nobody cares, right? It's like, yeah. oh, are you gonna win or does David Tepper need to go get Deshaun Watson next year? Which is a whole another conversation for another podcast. Yeah, no, no kidding. We'll see how that situation plays out. As knows, Miami's interested. Houston might be stuck with him for the entire season, and the ongoing legal issues that won't even. Yeah, I guess come to a head until February when it's deposed. So that's right now not our issue. They're focused on seeing what they have in Sam Darnold, and hopefully he can be the answer here at quarterback. And, you know, I look at the game on Sunday against the Jets as it's not about Sam Darnold. It's really about the Panthers' pass rush, which was not good last year and had a lot of young guys, and it's been remade, at least bringing Hassan Reddick. It's about the Panthers' defensive line, that front seven, getting after the rookie Zach Wilson and making him uncomfortable. That's where they're going to win the game. It's not really about what Sam Darnold does offensively because the Jets' defense, I don't really know what they're going to offer, especially with all the losses that they've had with Carl Lawson and Benny Curry for the season. That is going to hurt that team heading into the year. Now, let me – there's one last thing for you. And we're not going to – we don't need to talk about expectations necessarily, but I look at the first three weeks of the season, and the Jets game – should be a win. I saw NFL Network. Everyone thinks that's going to be close. The only person who doesn't have the Panthers winning is Daniel Jeremiah. Week two, the Saints. We'll see how that plays out. I, I do believe Jameis is going to be pretty darn good this year with Sean Payton. And now that he has his vision fixed and maybe he's going to make better decisions, we'll find out. But I think he's going to be pretty good. But that's a game at home that they could win. And in week three, Houston, going to be the worst team in the league. 3-0 definitely seems like it could be on the table. I know week-to-week league. We don't know who's going to get injured, all that kind of stuff. But just looking at it, 3-0 looks like a possibility. By chance, that actually happens. How much could that change the perspective and all the thoughts around this team heading throughout the rest of the 2021 season? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> – I'm with you, though, man. I, I'm not burying the Saints just yet. I know you're not either. Um, uh I've kind of feeling two and one out of those three games, but nevertheless, um, yeah, three and oh is huge. I mean, you can imagine like you, you start, you'll start getting national reporters in here now. And I know that's not what you meant. Like how does it change the locker room? I mean, little swagger, right? Like this team hasn't won in since 2017. Now there aren't many guys who've been around that long. I mean, McCaffrey, Shaq Thompson, uh, Jansen, I guess DJ came in 2018. So, I mean, it's not like the whole locker room is like has nothing but a losing taste in its mouth. But, but even the guys who came last year didn't win much. And uh, so, yeah, that a, a good start would, you know, that'd be, be, that'd be big for, for rule. It'd be big for Joe Brady as a play caller, because listen, like he still has to show us a little something in, Two minute and uh, and 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 red zone. Uh, I mean, they weren't very good in red zone during the preseason again, and it was sort of like, well, yeah, well, we're not really pl- calling all our plays. It's vanilla. Well, that's fine, but you weren't really good in red zone last year either when you were had, when you did have the whole playbook. So it'll be interesting, man. I, you know, it's it's more fun to cover a winning team. Like I hope. Oh yeah. That, and you look. People who know us know we're not homers, but it'd be kind of cool to see them at least get off to a decent start. People are listening to your podcast more. They're reading my stories on The Athletic more. That'd be fun, but uh, 
You know, they, let's let them beat the Jets first. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Joe, it's good for business, like you just said. You know, more <laughs> clicks, more listens. That, that's what we're looking for with this team. Like, obviously, we want them to be good. I, I don't – you know, for me, like, I want to – having grown up here and being a season ticket holder growing up and going to the games with my dad's on Sundays, like, I obviously – I'm a fan of this team and want them to do well and all that kind of stuff. But for me, really, for what I do, I just need them to be interesting. Being good will be nice, but at least just be interesting. I think we at least have an interesting team in year two of Matt Rule and David Tepper's fourth year as the owner and now year one of Scott Fitterer as our general manager. So we'll see how things go with this team moving forward into the 2021 season. I could talk football with you all day, Joe, and y'all should check out his stuff. Follow him on Twitter at Joseph Person and make sure to subscribe to The Athletic. 50% off. Like, come on. I think it's only $59 for the year. So you're spending, what, $29, $28, whatever the math is, for a subscription for great journalism, sports journalism throughout the year. It's not just the Panthers. You can get coverage of the Hornets, even though they have a designated beat guy anymore. You can get coverage of all college football teams, Carolina, all that, Clemson, if you're a Clemson fan. I don't know, wherever you're listening, Alabama, all that kind of stuff. You can even get Premier League soccer. I'm a big Liverpool guy, and I check out The Athletic for their Liverpool coverage. So just subscribe. Do it. I appreciate it. Yeah, our um, our Phillies guy is – I grew up in Pennsylvania, so I, our Phillies guy is outstanding. He's – I mean, I, he doesn't know me. I texted him recently and keep up the good work. You, I think they hired him away from the Philadelphia Inquirer. So, but anyway, I appreciate the plug, man. And uh, I know people will be hearing this after the weekend, but hope everyone had a terrific holiday weekend, including you, buddy. Yeah, thank you so much, Joe. Appreciate your time as always. And we'll catch up, of course, uh, down the road. Take care. Awesome stuff from Joe Person there of The Athletic. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Joseph Person for all the Carolina Panther updates. And make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council for all the Carolina Panther updates throughout the season and my thoughts on whatever really comes to my mind going on in the sports world, whether it pertains to the Panthers, North Carolina sports going on here in Charlotte or, you know, just general stuff that just pops in my mind. So go ahead and do that. Also make sure to get in your weekly Friday mailbag questions right now by either adding me at Julian Council or deeming me at Julian Council. So please go ahead and do that. Make sure to also rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll continue to break down week one matchup for the Carolina Panthers as they prepare to face off against the New York Jets. Something that's going to be dubbed as a revenge game for Sam Darnold. Is it really, though? Or is it maybe more about what the Carolina Panthers' defense could do to affect the rookie quarterback in his debut, Zach Wilson? We'll get to all of that later on this week on Locked on Panthers. As always, I love y'all, appreciate the support, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.